Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Almost Here, Round the Corner Technology. Today, I have three gentlemen, uh, Ivan Tuma, Alex Eaton, and Josh Smith, all from CureCoin, a uh, color coin or uh, asset-based coin that's on a blockchain. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Hello. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know all your positions within CureCoin, so if you can, just give a brief intro of the three of you and um, what CureCoin does as well. My sure. name is Joshua Smith. Uh, I'm the founder of CureCoin. Uh, Ivan is leading up our marketing and uh, is a technology advocate. And then Alex has recently joined the team and works along kind of the same networking lines as uh, Ivan does. Uh, if you guys want to say hello. Um, <laughs> Ivan, Yeah, first? absolutely. Or, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was I was going to say, um, yeah, uh, I am the newest member, Alex. Um, I've only been with them for maybe about two months. I've been working with them uh, without being a part of the team for probably about two years, just trying to strategize, find the best way to network, find uh, you know new interesting avenues to get people on board this technology on, and understand uh, understand what it is. And uh, great team to work with so far. Uh, it's it's really really nice to be able to work for a team that's actually a, well a cryptocurrency team that's actually working towards. Uh, health, you know, and, and, and bettering humanity as opposed to just financial aspects or, you know, getting rich quick. So I was more than happy to join the team and, and I'm really happy to be a part of it. Well, so let's talk and, about um, CureCoin. What's, what's the point of it? What's the purpose? So uh, CureCoin started in, in 2013 and uh, it was released to the public in May 2014. Um, it started out uh, with a desire to help redirect some of the cryptocurrency's computational power into actually doing some good in the form of medical research. And it's been the collaboration of several individuals, you know, as, as mentioned here, um, Josh, um, Max is really dev and uh, um, several other people who are involved in, in marketing and uh, uh, technology advocacy of the coin. So okay, so you're working on medical research. That's the goal. So how does CureCoin work? Like, what's the you know, is there a proof of work mechanism or some other unique mechanism that makes a, by which coins are are mined, or is it um, doing work in the medical field, or you know, what's like a lay of the landscape? How does it work? Sure. Um, so I'll I'll go ahead and take this. One. I'll open it up, but I'm sure the guys are going to be um, uh, have some input on it as well. Uh, so unlike Bitcoin, 80% of CureCoin's digital currency is based on the Bitcoin protocol, um, which pairs a proof-of-work simulating protein folding behavior um, using Stanford University's Folding at Home software as the basis. And Folding at Home is responsible for about 120 scientific papers covering um, diseases and drug research, um, as well as more recent developments in AI and deep learning. So some of the diseases that are covered by the research are cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, HIV, influenza, 
And more recently, they include projects that cover opio opio I'm sorry, opioid research, opioid addiction, and antidepressants as well. And then, so that's 80% of the coin is dedicated to that. 20% of the coin is a traditional Bitcoin to SHA-256 mined um, reward. So, yeah, right, if I could, um, go ahead. Go ahead. You I was going to say if, if I could step in. Uh, so, so from my perspective, uh, I, I come from a more of a, a financial medical field, and one of the things that got me interested in CureCoin to begin with, why why would I want to mine CureCoin? Why would I want to buy CureCoin as opposed to any of the, you know, <laughs> hundreds of other cryptocurrencies? Um, for me, I got into Bitcoin, the whole system, a little late. Uh, you know, it's really hard to be profitable, you know, three years ago, let alone today with many of those cryptocurrencies because they've all spurred off into ASIC mining. Um, CureCoin is still one of the originals that's been around for, you know, over three years that still allows anyone to jump on, learn about it tomorrow, and all of a sudden set their computer, uh, you know, CPU or GPU to actually fold and mine CureCoin, whereas they still allow for ASICs, it's not actually folding at home, it's not actually generating any CureCoins, it's securing their blockchain. So it, to me, it's a very interesting hybrid where you have your ASICs that only, you know, you can literally have uh, an ASIC that is a lot more powerful than a GPU, but yet as your GPU will actually make you more CureCoin. And that is pretty substantial in this day and age when, you know, GPUs and CPUs are basically foregone for, you know, the average financial coin uh, market. So um, right. it's the simple ability that anybody can jump on their computer at any time, devote a, you know, a portion of their computing power. It's not going to slow down their computer. They're not going to feel any, you know, any side uh, burn or anything like that and actually be able to generate a cryptocurrency every single day while, you know, still helping uh, health and humanity. That, that's pretty monumental as far as I'm concerned. So just happy to, to have a, a coin like that that I can still use to educate people that don't have the money for ASICs and still teach them mining is really special to me. Why, um, why is figuring out how to fold protein so powerful in the first place? What's the benefit of it? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Josh, you want to take that? Well, I can actually go ahead and take that one, and, and then we can uh, segue off of that. Um, we, we've been talking about this. It's always a difficult subject to cover because um, none of us are um, biochemists, so we're kind of explaining protein folding from a very layman's point of view, but I can sort of give you a, a gist of why it's important. Um, okay. So the, the progress in distributed computing and um, computational biology um, is accelerating as more participants get involved. And um, they're adding different layers to make this more efficient with AI and deep learning. Uh, in the case of folding at home, the research comes in at the first stage of a seven-stage FDA drug, drug approval process. Um, one, of the, one of the downsides of uh, living this early in that approval process is there's rarely a eureka moment. What you're basically doing and where you look for successes is how often is your research and the results of your research data referenced in other places outside of the Stanford research. And for example, in 2012, Folding at Home created an interleukin study on, on the distributed computing network, which was cited eventually in over 100 papers outside of Stanford. And it also included a 2015 study that actually proved that you can create um, 
immunotherapy using the body's own defense systems against cancer. But, you know, you have hmm. to be able to draw the lines between those points to get from point A to point Z where it actually, uh, where it hits the ground. Yeah. For the yeah. Uh, it sounds like, um, yeah, it sounds like the protein folding is this grunt work process that takes tremendous amounts of uh, time or computing power. I guess that's why you there's a folding at home project. And the end goal, I would guess, is what, to uh, figure out the structure of some proteins that haven't been figured out yet by brute force or now AI? Yeah, a combination of brute force and AI, they actually, their whole goal is to find lead compounds, which is like the initial uh, point on a protein where you can find a druggable state and an intermediate state of the, of the protein fold that could actually, for instance, help deliver a drug compound inside the cell wall. Uh, that's only one of many examples. Yeah, uh, in, in, okay, my, so in my basic understanding, um, and this, this is how I've basically perceived it over the last two months after learning as much as I have about it, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it back to a layman's perspective, but whenever you go to college, you know, whatever class you're taking, whatever your major is, whatever your minor is, you're going to have to do a lot of classes and you're always going to have to look back at the research done by prior uh, professionals. Um, when you're going to college, you're not an expert in your field. You have to cite your sources. So to me, folding at home uh, or, or the cure coin folding all that stuff together is basically, like you said, the first of seven stages. So if anybody wants to start at stage two and be able to cite stage one, that this is what it allows. So it, it basically does all the grunt work, as you said, so that the, uh, the experts can actually take all these citations and all this information that's been done and just go ahead and hit on stage two and get to stage seven faster so that it, it can be uh, up for FDA approval. So that, that's how I always looked at it. Okay, gotcha. So you may not, um, people mining CureCoin may not be figuring out how to, um, figuring out the structure of previously unknown proteins, but they're further validating that, yes, this given protein that someone else figured out how to fold, it is folded that way. Is that what you're saying? There's a little yes. bit of both. <laughs> a okay, little bit a little both. bit of both. Great, great. So, yeah, that's interesting. So I'm literally, so I, I, my reward is pure coin, and the way I do it is I use my processing power to help science and help humanity, essentially, if you boil it down, right? Yes. Yes. And yeah, one, of the best parts is, one of the best parts is, as Alex mentioned, is that anybody with a computer that can open up a Chrome web browser can start participating like within five minutes. Um, what's one of the wow. few cryptocurrencies that allow you to do that? Yeah. Because you yeah, guys are you... doing this um, and it's this unusual proof of work, have you thought about looking at, let's say, all the hash power behind Bitcoin and would there be a way to repurpose that where they would still solve a hash, but I guess, you know, they would take that computing power and put it towards, um, you know, your purpose or another purpose. So it's useful and not just. That uh, was kind know. of one of the main ideas uh, in starting this back in 2013 and 2014 was uh, taking a look at the massive amount of GPU and CPU power that is put into a lot of the hash cash coins uh, and as you said, repurposing that, and that is where CureCoin comes in. It gives people an alternative uh, cryptocurrency to hash for, so to speak, um, where the electricity is getting used for uh, 
something quite useful. And and then in the cases of uh, certain coins with algorithms, uh, like most of the algorithms have shown, uh, they eventually come out with ASICs for them. Whereas with protein folding, creating an ASIC is a much larger debate as whether or not it's really truly possible to create what we could consider a true ASIC when you compare what, uh, for instance, a SHA-256 Bitcoin ASIC does uh, with, how, with how, how specialized it is. Hmm. Yeah, to, to, right. to sum it up, I used to mine Bitcoin with some of the uh, the first-generation miners uh, through AntMain and, and such, but... Um, you know, eventually your Bitcoin mining loses its profitability and it costs a lot more electricity than you're actually going to generate in a in Bitcoin. So it's really nice to be able to repurpose your old ASICs that just won't do anything for your Bitcoin gain for something like PureCoin mm. where you know that your miners are still on, you know you're doing a good deed, and at the end of the day you can feel good about yourself. <laughs> and Definitely, it's nice yeah. to have something to repurpose your miners too because, um, you know, you can go on Amazon and buy an old miner for $10, but nobody buys them because they're not going to make you any profit in Bitcoin. But um, it definitely gives, it create. I mean, it has already created a reason to go ahead and buy those $10 miners, and you can repurpose them. You know, you can still use that same algorithm that a lot of the, well, that all the Bitcoin miners use, and just point it right at, directly at CureCoin. So, yeah, the Bitcoin miners can be repurposed for CureCoin. Um, they already are repurposed for CureCoin. They're purposed already, if that makes sense. Right. So what, the bigger what's the target current payout? GPUs and CPUs. The what use? The, the the GPUs and CPUs are still the the biggest target of of uh, you know an alternative for the other coins uh, since the GPUs and CPUs do the meat of the research. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, what's the payoff for mining right now? The you know I know it varies, of course, but. What's the approximate payoff, and what's the value of a cure coin right now? I think it holds at around five cents on a daily basis. It's it's been going up and down. I think it's hit as high as six in the past month, and as low as four cents in the past month. Um, but uh, to be honest, that's quite amazing. <laughs> uh, if you look at cure coins price over time, you know I I don't know about Josh and Ivan, but based on the fact that it was not supposed to technically be created as a financial coin, the fact that it's even worth a penny is quite astounding to me and and very beneficial. Um, you know, it, the whole point was incentivizing, right? So the fact that the, the coin goes up in price every couple months and, and holds steady, uh, that's pretty impressive uh, when, you know, it could have been less and the incentivization would have been less. But as the coin keeps going up in price, the incentivization grows because if you're manning, you know, let's say 10 cure coins a day from your PC, you know, and you were making 10 cents a day, now you're making 50 cents a day. And who knows how high it will really go. So that's a, it's definitely a bonus to see the price go up. Yeah, and the higher the competition for the coin on the uh, protein folder side, the more research each coin actually represents, unlike with hashing Bitcoin where you're really just over-securing the network at some point where you get too many mm -hmm. miners involved. This sort of has the opposite effect. So what are people doing when they're mining uh, CureCoin? Like how much are you seeing that people are mining a day? You know, they're mining like multiple dollars worth or um, is it still small scale? And, and are they keeping them? Are they transferring it to Bitcoin? What behaviors are you seeing in the network? Great question for Josh. <laughs> well, with that, I mean, that does, um, of course, really depend on the size of the uh, GPU slash CPU farm that uh, any 
uh, folder would be using. Um, there's a lot of people that participate with basic gaming computers down to a low-end laptop. And um, with the with the basic gaming computer, single GPU, um, with, with a modern GPU, you can uh, probably make a profit of one to two dollars per day with with some of the newer GPUs, just as a rough guess. Um, but then there are a lot of participants, uh, which is of course one of the main targets for a system like this. A lot of participants do have very large GPU farms, and that is one of again one of the the main targets of the CureCoin system is to find the users, the, the cryptocurrency miners that have built themselves large farms and they're out mining a myriad of different coins under different, different algorithms with GPUs. And when you move one of these big farms over to folding at home, you really can see just how big of a difference it makes. Um, there are a couple of users that uh, do have a pretty good amount more than, than the average. And those users, the, the amount of research that they get done on, on the average day is quite significant compared to what pretty much any other previous folding at home user would have been doing. And some of those users, um, like some of, some of the mid-tier larger farms, uh, I would have to guess that they pull probably $50 a day uh, worth of currency just in a single, in a single setup. If I could okay. uh, interject for just a second, uh, from my own previous experience, uh, I, ha <laughs> I have an old first-generation um, i7 from 2009 <laughs> that I've been uh, using since uh, for the, probably about the past two years. And uh, I've seen oh. at least maybe, you know, I, this may not seem like a lot, uh, but it's quite, a, uh, quite good to me. Uh, I've seen about 30 cents a day from, you know, a, a, a top-of-the-line GPU from eight years ago. Um, you know, but 30 cents a day is, you know, not bad when you really uh, use time to your advantage. So, but it will just determine depending on the size of your farm, if you're using one GPU, if you're using an old GPU or a new GPU or any of that. So variable, but it's not bad. Collectively, the, uh, the team okay. pulls about 14 or the equivalent of 14 petaflops worth of computational power every day. Um, that's out of about a hundred that the entire folding at home network does on a daily basis. So we're we're carrying about fourteen percent of the network right now. Oh wow! Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that is. When you, that when is. you convert that into supercomputing time, it really is a lot. Do you think that the focus of CureCoin may change as other needs? become more present or dire or do you think you're going to have to roll out a whole bunch of um I mean do you think you may end up with like cancer coin or alzheimer's coin or that kind of thing or are you just going to stick with the again not just but you're going to stick with the protein folding I think something I think like that would probably be pretty far down the road uh, given the limitations of the current system um because currently you can opt to work on one specific cause with your folding client. However, uh, depending on what is available at the assignment servers when your computer is getting assigned a work unit, um, you will get whatever is available at that time. Um, so, and, and that's the way it's been for quite some time. I don't think it's going to change drastically anytime soon. Uh, I mean, again, with technology, obviously things change fast when they start changing. 
Uh, that's one thing that it, there hasn't been any signs of that changing drastically anyways anytime soon. Okay. So what's your um, like intermediate and long-term goals for the coin? Is it a price goal? Is it a, um, you know, oh, we've successfully um, substantiated a million new proteins or, you know, found a thousand new ones? What's What's the goal? Evan, do you want to take the first part of that one? Yeah, I had I had a really good um, answer for this. Um, I'm actually trying to find it. Uh, so, you know, the the main goal of PureCoin was really met on day one. The currency was released. It was it was to create a vehicle that would incentivize people to participate in the citizen science called protein folding research. Um, the the goal going forward is to increase that participation pool. And uh, we have, if you saw a map of the folding at home participants all around the world, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you've got people everywhere from New York to the UK to Iceland to Nigeria, Morocco, Turkey, Japan, you know, Russia, the Ukraine. I mean, it literally goes around the world. So the whole goal is right now to increase participation and make this sort of a global phenomenon, which it was meant to be uh, in the beginning. But I think part of the problem was the lack of those eureka moments and having to sort of connect the dots where the research actually leads didn't necessarily inspire people to continue their folding. And one of the things that CureCoin does is it gives them a little bit of a spur, a little bit of financial incentive, something to pay for their power, maybe a little more in the long term. And that's sort of where where the coin is right now. Um, there's certainly plans on the roadmap to make it a much better entity going forward. But the, the current goal is increase participation and increase awareness of the research. Well, besides just giving people coins, <clears throat> it sounds like you'll have to make a lot of uh, statements to the community of miners and people on an ongoing basis saying, hey, we did this, we did that, here's a new result. Otherwise, you know, besides just coins and, and money, um, to connect them to the research and the results of it seems to be really important. Precisely. They're doing it for that, that reason that, in the first place. You know? Precisely. Um, that's one of the things that we've really been trying to do with our social media is to go one step beyond what um, Stanford University publishes about the results is trying to take those and, and distill them down into layman's terms so people can actually say, you know, we're working on this particular protein that relates to um, motions within cells or motion within muscle cells, or this one um, relates directly to opiate addiction, you know, rather than having to read through 10 pages of um, scientific papers right. to sort of distill that down. And that's what we've been trying to do with our social media outreach. Is there any, um, are there any milestones that would cause the network to change in a positive way? Um, uh, disease is now solved or a new treatment came about because of the work of the network. And if that happens, will there be a reward to the network participants that have been there for X amount of times? Or, I mean, I'm just trying to think, is there like a lifetime hash power um, reward? Are there any other mechanisms built in to further incentivize people and make it um, well, a game I, I guess not just a one-time with that long-term incentivization would be for the people that fold and then hold the coins, um, just like with any other currency, uh, if there's developments in it later on down the line, if you're 
holding the coins, uh, believing that it's going to be a good investment for potential developments like that, then that's that's going to be your payoff in investment is holding on to part of that investment. You know, one of the other things that comes to mind is uh, something that's been going on for longer than CureCoin, and, and that is uh, the point system. And, and Josh, I'm, I'm blanking on the actual site if you want to reference it, but um, there is a point system, and every single user, every single individual that folds either for a team or for themselves has their own individual statistics that can see exactly, and it's a point system. It shows you, you know, X amount of points for, for how much you've done. And it literally is on a uh, scale. So you might be number 40,000 out of, you know, 1.1 million people. Uh, the more you fold another year passes, maybe, maybe you're in the, the, the thousands, right? And, and, and although bragging rights are just that, bragging rights, um, there is a, a feel-good feeling when you, when you forget about that for about a year and a half and you go back and you, you look at it and you're like, wow, look at, look at all the points I have. Again, meaningless, it, it not, it not a real tangible thing. But it, it, it truly inspires you, I think, when you when you give it time and you see how much how much you as an individual did, how much your little computer did all by itself when, when you look at it year to year to year to year. Um and I'm not gonna lie, it is it is fun to be able to say, Hey, you know, I'm I'm in the, the forty thousands right now. That's that's pretty inspiring. And it also makes you want to, you know, upload uh folding at home on your laptop, maybe maybe that computer that you don't turn on because you know, deep down, I, I think you want to see what you can do as a human being in this life. So uh, I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, that's why I didn't mean to, to bug you, you know, harp on it, but no, no, it's I don't a know if question. you feel like people need more recognition um, or if it's enough that they get the coins. You know, I don't know if there's an awards type thing that you'd hold every so often or. Yeah, like I'm just dividends for when we cure a, for when we cure cancer. Every single participant gets some dividends. I like that's <laughs> not a bad idea, really. No, you know why? You know why? Because from what I see, cure coin just seems a lot more social than other coins. So maybe play into that. I mean, I'm, I guess on the fly, I'm just giving you unasked for advice, but it just seems like something that would warrant a, you know, yearly meetup of all the cure coin holders and miners because. It's more than just coin. It's like a cause, you know? It is. So that's what comes to mind. That's all. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> because these things affect us all, right? I mean, everybody's been affected by cancer or Alzheimer's or um, you had somebody die of an infectious disease in the family. So it's definitely on the forefront of everybody's mind that, that um, helping cure these ailments is is an important thing. And the more we can contribute to that, the you know the better our society is. And it's not just the coin, it's not just the research, but overall, I think folders have always had a different philosophy, and it's one of the the, the sort of, um, you could say, there's a tug of war in, in CureCoin between people who are the, the pure objectivists in it and the people who are the pure philanthropists. When we first started out, you know, the people who have been doing this for a long time were like against it because you're financially incentivizing something that's been in the philanthropic realm for so long. But yet, I think we've proven to them that um, by incentivizing it, it brings a lot more people in who were skeptics before, but now are happy to be earning a little bit of extra income, even if it just covers the electricity, so that they can say that, hey, I'm doing good, but I'm also getting paid for it. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So, um, <clears throat> what about wallets for CureCoin? Um, how hard is it, or how easy is it to get set up as a as a miner? You know, where can you buy and sell CureCoin if you wanted to do that? 
Uh, if I may, um, it's uh, there's there's uh, there's really great videos on YouTube on how to you know literally go from not knowing anything to being able to set up your your computer to mine uh, CureCoin within about five minutes, and it really is that simple. Uh, the directions are, are quite straightforward. It's really hard to mess up, and that that's a good thing. Um, as far as buying and selling CureCoin, there's there's a lot of different avenues. Obviously, exchanges, um, Polonex, Bitrix. Uh, you know, you can deposit CureCoin or any cryptocurrency for the most part and exchange them for uh, for CureCoin. Another thing that I personally am working on is, and you may or may not know, that's okay, uh, there's a website called Shapeshift.io that allows you to mm-hmm. change one currency to another currency. Uh, I'm trying to push them to accept CureCoin just because they have a couple coins on there that are less than a year old, uh, that have had extreme volatility and, you know, I started to question it and I'm like, well, you know, CureCoin's been around for a really long time. It does not have extreme volatility. You know, it's it's good for everyone. Let's try and get, you know, more ways for people to get into it. So Shapeshift is one of the, the little things I'm trying to work on. But you also, uh, there, what are some other ways? I'm, I'm just blanking right now. <laughs> on yeah, well, I guess this, this ties into, um, you know, what are your guys' plans for 2017 with CureCoin? Where do you want to take it? What are some of your goals? I think one of the biggest ones would be uh, the charity. Um, Josh, you want to talk about that? Because I know that was well, big for 2016. You guys finally got it working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something that uh, both uh, Ivan and myself have been working on for quite some time. And it will open up another sector to where uh, people will be able to make donations and write them off. Um, either to uh, donate to, for instance, the Folding Cloud, which on on their behalf of their donation would then do the protein folding research and also have the capability of recycling or burning any coins that are earned through that that folding process. Yeah, so in 2016, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, branch off of that too. In 2016, we finally got our fiscal sponsorship through um, a, uh, a fiscal sponsor named Visions Made Viable, and so that sort of allowed us to take our cloud folding in two different directions. We have the for-profit version of cloud folding where you actually pay for us to do the folding for you, and you get the coins in return. You can use those as an investment, or you can sell them, or you can use them to buy things on coin payments. Um, the other avenue is if you donate to Visions Made Viable, um, 90% of that donation actually goes to protein folding research that gets done in our folding farm in Bay City, Michigan. So um, you're actually having us do the protein folding for you. Um, the uh, the resulting coins can actually be used to donate to five other charities that we sponsor. So we have uh, a oh, philanthropic wow. arm. It's called the CureCoin Project, and it's a 51C3 sponsored. Okay, well, very good. Um, you know, last couple of questions. What do you see as the future for you guys, um, you know, long term, which nowadays is like, you know, three to five years out? <laughs> I think it's probably a good good time to bring up the two different blockchains, right? Um, mm-hmm. The future of, of um, CureCoin. I don't know, Josh, if you want to take that one first with Sigma X or CureCoin, or if you want me to give the sort of rundown between the two different blockchains and then you guys elaborate. If you want to cover that one, you can. Um, that's right. That's right. Go ahead. 
So um, going forward, you know, obviously there's always been this question of centralization with Curacoin, and it's it's one of the um, one of the things that people always question about any currency that has a pre-mine. So the uh, the goal is first of all we have a blockchain called Sigma X, which we are working on, and it's a traditionally mineable Bitcoin variant that has has some additional features like it's um, quantum computer proof and or resistant at least and also it has faster transaction times compared to other digital currencies like bitcoin so in addition to those features there's some in interesting hooks in that blockchain that our lead developer max is putting in uh, as consensus mechanisms that could be used with other coins um, that blockchain called SigmaX will eventually branch off into the CureCoin 2.0 branch, which will be a certificate-based blockchain. So there will no longer be a folding pool on that one. Um, it will be purely based on uh, receiving certificates and, uh, for lack of a better word, baking that certificate into the coin or into the, the blockchain uh, so that you're not reliant on a folding pool to do the payouts. People basically earn the coin based on how much work they do in the protein folding projects. Uh, that will also sort of slowly retire the 20% um, the SHA-256 rewards and it will become 99% of the rewards will go to protein folders after that point. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'd like to add to a little bit to that too, if I can. Um, since even before CureCoin was initially launched in its, its full state, um, there has been a lot of talks behind the scenes with different DCNs from folding at home to Rosetta at home, uh, GPU grid, etc., uh, of a of a stronger integration between the cryptocurrency and the DCNs. Um, a lot of these things, uh, after having been discussed, and nothing official has come out of these as of yet, but the CureCoin 2.0 model aims to solve a lot of the issues which we have discussed with the DCNs that would create a, a more perfect uh, model of an integration between the cryptocurrencies and the DCNs, uh, which would end up in a secure product, uh, which would also be transparent at the same time, you know, have all of the all of the good parts of Bitcoin with, you know, our value-added side to it of being able to do research at the same time while earning the currency. Um, so there, there is definitely a lot of room for integration going forward, uh, which, again, that is something we're working on to to really uh, push hard with CureCoin 2.0, even though it's not uh, out, of, out of the realm of possibility for the current CureCoin system to be used with that. It is something that is it's being discussed here and there uh, with different uh, developers of DCNs. Uh, again, nothing official on that just yet, but it's something we have been talking with the DCNs about for for a very long time. Uh, so okay. that that might be might be an item of win for certain of the DCNs. Uh, we we expect to see that uh, a lot more progress definitely after 2.2.0 is launched. But again, that 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 end of it has uh, quite a bit of politics in it to make such a big integration though too. So. It will be uh, very interesting to see what kind of progress we can make on that end too going forward. Gotcha. Okay. 
Well, very good. Um, you know, we covered a lot of areas. Uh, anything else I should have asked you that you want to bring up that we didn't cover? Um, you know, one of the things is, and uh, I hope I hope you guys are okay with this. Uh, you know, because I'm basically about to sport a, another another coin. But um, you know, personally, one of the one of the things that brought me to this team was their willingness to work with uh, what you could consider a competitor. Um, the fact that there is something called folding coin. Um, that runs on a different blockchain. Unlike CureCoin, CureCoin uses its own. Holdingcoin uses a counterparty uh, block, counterparty's blockchain. Um, you know, and this team I was not a part of back then, but they could have easily, you know, fought against it or you know tried to you know create a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt for the other coins. Instead, they took it upon themselves to to work with them. So, you know, now one of the things that I think is really important uh, for any listener to, to, to know is that you don't just have to mine CureCoin, you can actually merge mine. So when you are, you know, folding, you can get CureCoin, you can get folding coin, um, and a few of the others that are on the counterparty uh, blockchain. So it actually incentivizes you even more now that there is a competitor that they've teamed up with, and and I just I find that very unique from from a team uh, or a company in general. So I just always give them good props for that. I, I'm always impressed when you can take a potential enemy or competitor and you know work with them and actually create a partnership to basically make it better for everyone. Um, so that's just one of the things I, I think is really important to to note, actually. Okay, that's great. Go ahead. It's, it's definitely. And last question. Towards... Um, Further decentralization too, because it creates a hedge when you've got two coins, or actually really have four when you do merge folding. So look that up too if you guys are interested. Okay. Um, any anything else, or should we uh, just give folks uh, information on how to learn more about CureCoin? I, I sort of had one additional note on the cloud folding side, um, whether it's for philanthropy or it's for profit. Um, one of the things that we've designed into our model is to be able to expand the cloud folding farm um, into a hybrid. So we actually have been experimenting with expanding that into uh, other cloud providers. And I'm gonna do a name drop here. Um, we're actually starting to leverage A2 hosting as our hybrid cloud provider. So if we run out of bandwidth to cover folding jobs, we can also grow into another service like A2 or even AWS, which we've proven works. It's really cool when you can get protein folding running on AWS. You know, that's Amazon's cloud service. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I've got one last thing, because um, I think it's actually very important. Um, it actually goes back to the question you asked earlier about, you know, how, how can you acquire Kirkcoin? Uh, and then a big one is if you're a business, uh, you know, everyone has the ability to accept Bitcoin. We all know that. Um, one of the things that uh, is kind of recent still is you now have the ability to use a, a company called Coin Payments as your payment processor uh, or as an additional payment processor. And they list about 55 different cryptocurrencies of which one is CureCoin. So if you are a business and you like this coin and you want to be able to accept it for your services or, or products, you can easily, you know, integrate coin payments, choose coin, uh, CureCoin as one of the, your payment options and legitimately uh, acquire CureCoin for the services that you render. Um, so it's just one of those things where if you're a business, small business, large business or corporation, you know, why not give uh, people the option to spend their, your, your, their CureCoin for your items? Yeah, that's great. 
maybe one day uh, doctors will accept your coin. Oh, that would be wonderful, right? <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. <laughs> we have tried, <laughs> and we continue to talk oh. to doctors too. I know it's a long road, but yeah, hopefully at some point in the future they'll. But uh, all right, well, very good. Um, thanks for you guys' time. I'm glad that uh, you're doing something beyond just again a money play in the, in the crypto world. And um, yeah, I think listeners will get a lot out of this. And, um, yeah, and that's it. Thanks again thank for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it, was, it was good being on your show. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.